Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. Our gospel lesson this morning and the sermon text comes from the Gospel of Luke. We'll be in the 13th chapter. We're going to take a look at verses 10 through 17. So again, this is Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. (coughs) Excuse me. It says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Again, nine times out of ten in the Gospels, who is he? Jesus. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had been crippled for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue... Indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, A daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. When Jesus saw her, he called her over. My friends, I was struck this week by both the simplicity and the power in that little phrase. To me, it highlights the grace and love and mercy and joy and hope that is offered to all sons and daughters of the Most High God. Regardless of our circumstances, regardless of where we find ourselves currently, Regardless of our dings and dents and scratches and cracks. And friends, this morning I want you to know that Jesus sees you too. He sees you and he calls you over. The choice is yours whether or not you decide to go to him or not. But do understand this. Part of going to him means that we do need to look inward. That we do need to do a little soul searching. That we need to ask ourselves and come to terms with what it is in our lives that might be crippling us. What is it in our lives that might be preventing us from standing up straight? What is it in our lives that might be preventing us from living the kind of abundant lives of joy, peace, and happiness that God desires for each and every one of us? What spirit are you carrying around 
that you need healing from. Our story opens with Jesus in a synagogue teaching on the Sabbath. We are told that there that day was a woman who, due to an evil spirit, had been crippled for 18 years. 18 years. It's hard not to think about earlier in this same gospel, in chapter 4, Jesus is at another synagogue, this time in his hometown of Nazareth, and he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and he reads that he was the anointed one that was promised to bring good news to the people of Israel, to release the captives, to set the oppressed free. And this woman certainly needed to hear some good news, did she not? She certainly was held captive by this spirit, and her body needed to be freed from it, did it not? Now, you and I, we don't know if this is why she came to worship on this day. We don't know if it was the fact that she knew Jesus was in town, and she knew he was going to be teaching, and she had heard stories of his healings. We don't know if that's why she went to worship that day, because her story reads a little bit differently than the folks who specifically seek out Jesus and directly ask him for healing. She's not like the bleeding woman who reached out to grab the hem of his garment as recorded in Matthew 9, Mark 5, or Luke 8. She's not like Jairus who comes to Jesus specifically to ask for healing for his daughter that's recorded in those same chapters. She's not like the centurion who comes to Jesus pleading for Jesus to heal his servant as recorded in Matthew 8 and Luke 7. Now this woman has been dealing with this condition for some 18 years, every day for 18 years, and maybe because of shame, or maybe because of guilt, or because of who knows what, she doesn't feel bold enough or worthy enough to approach Jesus on her own accord, and so she takes her seat in the synagogue. Or maybe she stands in the back, of the synagogue. Or maybe this is an open air synagogue and she's standing back beyond the crowd. Whatever it is, she is there, unable to stand up straight, willing to suffer, it seems, in silence. But then Jesus sees her and calls her over. Now, in this story, we get a fair amount of detail about her condition. We learn the length of it, the cause of it, the result of it, and it paints a very difficult reality for all of us. She is unable to stand with her head up. Her eyes and her body are always downcast. If you try to stand the way that her body is described in our story, you realize that lifting your head up is almost near impossible. You're always looking down to the ground. And so to that end, friends, she can't even lift her head up to see Jesus. What is there in your life right now that is preventing you from looking at Jesus all the time? What is there in your life right now that is preventing you from living an abundant life of freedom from sin? What is there in your life that is preventing you from living a life of happiness, peace, and joy? Is there something that you are carrying around inside that is causing you guilt 
or shame that is crippling your psyche, that is causing some reluctance to open your heart to Jesus, to lift your head, to lift your eyes, to open your mouth and say, Jesus, Savior, take this from me. Friend, if there is something, then know this. Jesus sees you. And he calls you over. <coughs> Jesus calls this woman. And she takes a short walk to him that most, must have been both uncomfortable and a little bit embarrassing for her. You can just picture the scene as slowly, steadily, she makes her way to him. The eyes of the synagogue all on her. Maybe a few whispers here and there as he shuffles her way down. But she comes to him in the middle of the worship space and he tells her, you are set free from your ailment. Other translations say, you are healed of your sickness or you are released from your affliction or you are loosed from your infirmity. But friends, no matter how you translate it, do know this. In the original Greek, this was a perfect tense verb, which means that this cure was complete. This cure was certain. This cure was one time for all time. Her freedom now is forever. And so Jesus touches her as an act of physical freedom, and immediately she stands up straight, able now to see the one that has blessed her so. We don't get to know what it is that she says exactly, but we do know one thing. She shows all of us the correct response to what has just occurred. She continuously praises God. From that short, painful, embarrassing journey to Jesus, she begins another journey of glorifying God with a mind, body, and spirit completely healed by the Savior. So again, friends... What is crippling you? What do you need to be freed of? What do you need to be loosed from? What do you need to repent of, to let go of, to seek healing for, to bring and leave at Jesus' feet? Yes, it may be painful to think about. Yes, it may be embarrassing to admit. But my dear sisters and brothers, Jesus sees you. Jesus calls you over. Jesus desires to set you free. And all he asks is that you come to him honestly, earnestly, repentantly. Because over and over again we read it in the pages of Scripture. 2 Kings verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 5, This is what the Lord, the God of your father David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. Jeremiah 17, 14, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I prayed. Luke 6, 19, And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Isaiah 57, 18-19, I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and restore comfort to Israel's mourners, creating praise on their lips. Peace, peace to those far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. 1 Peter 2.24, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Psalm 107, 20 to 21, He sent out His word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Healing is what Jesus does. Over and over again through the pages of Scripture, we are told that all of us, all of us, can come to Jesus and be healed of whatever spiritual issue is causing us to stumble, whatever spiritual issue is causing us to be unable to stand up straight, whatever spiritual issue is causing us shame or discomfort. Friends, Jesus sees you and He calls you over. Now, in a moment, we're going to have a prayer of healing for all of us. There's a back half to this gospel lesson I wanted to get to and talk about. But as I sat at my kitchen table yesterday and worked on the sermon, I couldn't get there. Try as I might, I could not get there because the good Lord kept saying, Nope, they need some healing. You need to talk about healing. You need to cover them in a healing prayer. So we're not going to get into the leader of the synagogue. There's at least one person in here that needs to heal, hear a healing prayer, and we're going to pray that here in a minute. But I invite all of you to come to Jesus in your hearts and minds with whatever baggage it is that you might be carrying. Whatever it is that is crippling you and preventing you from standing up straight. Those that were here with us last week might remember we talked about the need to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us so that we can run with endurance the race that is set before us. <clears throat> and we're going to do that here in a minute. But before we get there, I want to read a little bit of a sermon written by a guy named Charles Spurgeon on this very scripture. I came across it yesterday, and I read it two, three times. I want to offer it to you this morning. He writes this because he does it better than I ever could, right? He says, we have seen the woman bound by the devil, but here comes the liberator. And the first thing we read of him is that he saw her. His eyes looked round, reading every heart as he glanced from one to another. At last he saw the woman. Yes, that was the very one he was seeking. We are not to think that he saw her in the same common way as I see one of you, but, he, but we read every line, but he read every line of her character and history, every thought of her heart, every desire of her soul. Nobody had told him that she had been bound 18 years, but he knew all about it. How she came to be bound, what she had suffered during that time, how she prayed for healing, and how the affirmity still pressed upon her. In one minute, he had read her history and understood her case. He saw her, and oh, what meaning there was in his searching glance. Our Lord has wonderful eyes. All the painters in the world will never be able to produce a satisfactory picture of Christ because they cannot copy those expressive eyes. Heaven lay calmly reposing in his eyes. 
they were not only bright and penetrating, but they were full of a melting power, a tenderness irresistible, a strength which secured confidence. As he looked at the poor woman, I doubt not the tears started from our Lord's eyes, but they were not tears of unmingled sorrow, for he knew that he could heal her, and he anticipated the joy of doing so. When he gazed upon her, he called her to him. Did he know her name? Oh, yes, he knows all our names. And his calling is therefore personal and unmistakable. I have called thee by name, he says. Why? Because you are mine. See, there is the poor creature coming up the aisle. That pitiful mass of sorrow, though bowed to the earth, is moving. Is it a woman at all? You can hardly see that she has a face, but she is coming towards him who called her. She could not stand upright, but she could come as she was, bent and infirm as she was. I rejoice in my master's way of healing people, for he comes to them where they are. He does not propose to them that if they will do something, he will do the rest, but he begins and he ends. He bids them approach him as they are and does not ask them to mend or prepare. May my blessed master this morning look on some of you until you feel the preacher means me. The preacher's master means me. And then may there sound a voice in your ears saying, Come to Jesus just as you are. Then may you have grace to reply. And y'all know this one. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind. Yea, all I need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Let us pray. Lord, just a mustard seed, you said. Just a mustard seed of faith to remove the mountain of doubts and difficulties which beset our often frail existence. We readily confess, Lord Jesus, that there are times when we reach out seemingly in vain for that mustard seed. And yet, if we did but think for a moment in that very act of reaching out, we reveal the presence of the very seed that we seek. Lord Jesus, we have faith in your power to heal, but lack the self-confidence to ask. We have faith in your ability to mend broken hearts, but lack the experience in our own lives. We have faith in your power to bring wholeness into lives that are incomplete, but hesitate to trouble you with our prayers. We are like children, Lord Jesus, standing here in awe of your power and love, afraid to ask that which we know is possible because we are afraid of the consequences of our asking. Lord Jesus, accept the mustard seed that we hold out to you, our hearts outstretched, as we confess to you and bring to you now in the silence of this space those things that cripple us, 
and prevent us from standing up straight. Lord, take these things and the prayers that we offer and grant us the grace to accept that our prayers are heard and answered at the moment of asking by a God who knows our incompleteness and is working to make us whole. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.